welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. So, welcome to episode 30 of the Proper Mental Podcast. And my guest this week is Mr. Brent Draper. Now, if you are listening in Australia, you've probably heard of Brent Draper. If you're listening in the UK, whether or not you've heard of Brent is probably down to how much you love MasterChef, particularly MasterChef Australia. Because that's kind of how Brent's name got out there, it was on MasterChef Australia. Um, I think the series is out on the moment. I think we can watch it on Sky. Anyway, I read about Brent um, on on the uh, website of one of the newspapers. And um, when I Googled him, it turns out he was on all the websites for all the newspapers. And basically, Brent was a contestant on MasterChef Australia. He was doing really, really well. He started to struggle with his mental health. And there's a really emotional episode where, quite unexpectedly, he puts his hand up out of the blue and says, I'm really, really struggling. I need to go home. And when you see the video, um, it's really, really powerful. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it sounds unusual because Brent was on telly and it was MasterChef. And, it's, you know, there's a certain amount of um, glamorization to the footage from the show, of course, because it's primetime television. But what I loved about, about it really is that I suppose Brent and his story and MasterChef, that's the bit that gets you in, right? As a listener to this podcast, that's the bit that goes, oh, that sounds interesting, I'll I'll have a listen. But underneath that, underneath the whole glitz and glamour and television thing, Brent's story is so relatable to so many people. Um, it I completely relate to it, and I think there's so much power in that. So Brent, for a long time, he was a tradie, which is what they call like, um, you know, like a workman in Australia. And he built um, boilers and stuff like that. And um, yeah, he'd done that for a long time. He lost his passion for it and he felt like he was stuck in a rut and he didn't know what to do about it. Um, I worked for the NHS for seven years and I very much felt like that for pretty much all of them. Um, Then Brent um, had a little boy and he wanted to inspire his little boy to go and chase his dreams. Um, Brent, so Brent um, applied to go on MasterChef. Well, I wanted to do very similar for my children and I quit that job and started my own business. While Brent was on MasterChef, um, some things happened along the way. There was some stuff that kind of bubbled up, and we talk about this. He'll tell you all about that on the podcast. But he ended up really struggling with his mental health, and then he found himself in this position where he couldn't go back to his old life. But the dream that he wanted or thought he wanted, the only way he could save himself, save his mental health, was to walk away from it. And he had to make that awful decision. He was trapped in the middle. And something very similar happened to me after I launched my business. Um, I'm now in like my second version of that business because the first one I worked incredibly hard for years to get it off the ground and when I did loads of stuff happened and loads of stuff bubbled up I wasn't expecting and I ended up having to close it Um, and yeah you kind of get in I think loads of people can relate to being trapped in that space where you can't go back and you can't go forward again we talk about this in the episode and it can be a relationship it can be a job Um, But that can be one of the awful spaces, you know, where you feel like you've got nowhere to turn and 
you know that's that's hard that's really hard and i think that's why a lot of people give up hope you know is that not being able to see a clear path out of the situation they're in particularly if you've like worked really really hard to chase this dream and you kind of feel like if you walk away from it you're going to miss your shot and then where does that leave you right so i think that's relatable for so many people and um you know the the moment on the show when brent puts his hand up and says i'm not doing very well i want to go home that is just so powerful because you know we're bombarded by slogans you know it's okay to not be okay it's good to talk all that sort of stuff but brent putting his hand up was like the physical representation of that and if brent who's a very lovely and completely like normal ordinary bloke if he can put his hand up in that situation then you know it's going to inspire other people to do the same in their situation um yeah it's just really really powerful it's really moving you can see how much he's suffering you know and that alone is relatable that face of brent's in that video i've seen that face in the mirror you know it's powerful stuff and um yeah he's really really nice to chat to he suddenly then went viral and found himself as like a mental health advocate out of nowhere when you know he didn't even really know what mental health was before the you know the whole thing happened and the way he's dealt with that is incredible he's so passionate he's so willing to share his story to speak up you know to do his bit um and i found that really inspiring and when i found out about him i emailed him that night and within a week um yeah we were jumping on a zoom call together to to have this conversation and that just shows how um how passionate he is and how much he's willing to talk and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just brilliant. It's a brilliant conversation. We talk about all sorts of stuff. We talk about getting stuck in a rut and having to try and change your life. We talk about men's mental health and the idea of masculinity and why men find it hard to speak. Uh, we chat about all the build-up to Brent leaving the show because it really wasn't quite as simple as him just having a bad day and putting his hand up. You know, There was a lot going on there. And we talk about what happens next, and that's really important as well. Because, you know, when we, ha when we have lost hope, when we don't know where to go, and where to turn and what to do, we're told to talk and we never really talk about what happens next, what's supposed to happen after we talk, you know. And um, yeah, Brent's doing like really cool stuff. You can follow it on his YouTube channel and I've put a, a link to that in these episode notes. So go and give him a subscribe and follow because he's, he's really engaging and his content's great. Um, but him and his family have bought this bus and uh, they're doing it out and he's going to drive around Australia using the local cuisine and cooking and all that sort of stuff and it just sounds amazing and all of that came from you know from struggling with his mental health and then getting help with his mental health and it, you know it's just a happy ending and a beautiful story and I think it's great so follow Brent on YouTube if you want to catch him on Instagram he's at Brent Draper underscore his website is www.brentdraper.com.au uh, if you want to hook up with me via social media at Proper Mental Podcast, my website is www.propermentalpodcast.com. And um, Brent's in Australia. So for him, it was lunchtime. For me, it was five in the morning. So I got up at like half four to have a quick shower and a coffee before I logged on to chat to him. So, you know, this episode, I got up at five o'clock in the morning to record this. So if that's not worth a five-star review and a few kind words, I don't know what is. So do me a solid, leave me a review. That would be amazing. That's everything you need to know. So this is episode 30 of the Proper Mental Podcast, all the way from Australia with Brent Draper. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy.
There we go. I yeah. think I've got you. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> I'm hopeless at this technology stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not so great myself, mate. So I think we're going to have to uh, to muddle through together. How's things, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. What what is it? Uh, Five a.m. or something over there? Five thirty, mate. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm an early riser. I've got um I've got little ones. They're a similar age to your little man. So um you kind of get used to these <laughs> used to these times of the day, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, cool, man. Um, we can just dive straight in, Brent. If you've uh, unless you've yeah. got anything you need need from me, well, I'll just do like yeah. a, a really really quick intro, and we'll just dive in and, and go for it. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Fantastic. So here we are with another episode of the Proper Mental Podcast, and my guest this week is Mr. Brent Draper. How are you, mate? I'm really good, man. Yourself? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate you joining me, mate. I think it's worth mentioning we're kind of navigating a bit of a uh, bit of time difference here, right? Whereabouts are you in Australia? So I'm uh, on the Gold Coast, which is the sort of eastern side, Queensland. Um, so yeah, I think it's like two thirty in the afternoon here. So um, wow. just about yeah, just about got to go pick up the little fella. Um, but what? Yeah, five a.m. over there. It's five thirty a.m. over there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So five thirty with me. So my um, I've got little ones myself, like we were just talking about. Um, and they're due up any minute to say hello. They'll probably be quite taken by your beard, Brent. To be honest, they'll probably quite yeah. uh, <laughs> quite enjoy it if they come and join. What the, what the hell's going on with him? <laughs> I thought probably the best place to start uh, with you, with yourself, Brent, is um, where where does your your passion for food come from? Because am I right in thinking that you're probably more likely, maybe back in the day, to probably like build someone a kitchen rather than um cook for them in one right <laughs> yeah no, you're exactly right there um oh it's just it uh, it really started uh as a survival sort of thing back in the day when i was an apprentice um and there was like three or four of us living in the same house and um none of us could cook so we we're just like buying mcdonald's um you know all the fast food every night and like apprentices were getting next to nothing anyway so i don't even know how we're buying it um and yeah, um, I just thought, you know what, I can't keep spending my money. So what I'm going to do is I'll cook and you guys pay for the groceries and, and we'll make a deal from that. And it sort of just grew from there. Obviously, the, you know, when I was there, I was cooking like very average food, like just in bulk pastas, bulk pastas, bulk rice dishes, just anything that would get us through the week. But um it just it just all of a sudden i just thought you know what well, i actually enjoy this and this is a bit of a passion for me now um and it just grew from there and i, I suppose when, when did it you know cooking at work to kind of thinking do you know what i'm gonna go on master chef like that seems like quite a big big jump right yeah um that's like that's years you know years and years down the track and um i just got to a point and i turned 30 and i was just like you know what am i doing with my life like i don't like really like the trade industry anymore um you know like this is all i know how am i going to get out of it like i just started to question myself and i did this for a couple of years you know really like there was a couple of years of like i'm actually gonna to have to do this trade for the rest of my life because i don't know how to get out of it i don't know anything else you know if you're a salesperson i guess you could just sort of skip to a new job pretty easy because you know but if you're a trade in one trade it's you know to go to something else it's just like totally different so i started to think really like you know, uh, I want to do something. Uh, also, then uh, along come my little boy, and that sort of just a little switch flicked. And it's like, I'm going to tell this little kid to go for his dreams, do everything that makes him feel good, yet I'm not doing it. So, 
you know, I need to preach. Like, I need to practice what I preach. So, yeah, I just, I reckon it's 30, sec- 30 seconds of stupidity. And I just signed it, signed up and press like, bang, there it is, done. And I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Anyway, I just got on with my life. And, yeah, you wouldn't believe it, but they rung me up and the rest is history. Yeah, when we start to kind of, you know, as you journey through life and things change, right? And you kind of, yes. that can sometimes be the, the start of things when you start to question, what am I, what am I doing? And maybe moving away from like your, your maybe authentic self, you know, and um, trying to find, find your place within things. And we can, particularly as men, I think, um, get a little bit trapped, Brendan, you know? Oh, 100%, yeah. And, you know, it's like, um, you only, like, you only grow from being very uncomfortable. And like, you can be in this rut for, you know, this, thing that you just know for the rest of your life but you'll never really grow until you put yourself out into this this crazy unknown world that you don't know nothing about um and then that's when you start to see the the great things come and you you start to grow as a person yeah yeah very much so very much so and i think as well um we kind of like the way society is as well in the modern world is that you will almost led to believe that we can't change things right that you pick a path And then you have yeah. to have to stay on it. And then sometimes the idea, like you say, of thinking, I'm going to have to do this forever. Um, yeah. But then you can then have go and have maybe a really good day at week, uh, week at work, and then maybe a really good weekend with your wife. And then you're excited yeah. about different things. And you kind of think, no, this is all right. I can do this for a bit longer. And then maybe six months goes past, maybe a year goes past. And then those yeah. thoughts and those feelings creep in again. It's a, it's a really slow process, isn't it? Isn't this thing where you yeah. wake up and go, do you know what? I'm going to express myself in a different different way. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's it's um, and it's something that you really, really like. It's, it's got to really get get to you before you you know want to make some a decision. Like you said, it's not just like you wake up and go, oh well, you know, today I'm I'm gonna try selling houses or something like that. You know, it just it just it's something that it just stuck with me for a long time. Um, and then once it got to the pointy end of it, that's when it just went right. I've got to make a sudden change now. And that's, yeah, MasterChef was that perfect vehicle for me to um, sort of skip out of the trade. And I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm on, I'm on a new pathway. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Be a big, quite a big jump in that respect, right? Because I think it's one thing saying, do you know what? I'm going to retrain and start a new career. It's another thing saying like, do you know what? I'm going to do this on national television. That's like, that's quite a big, big <laughs> step, right? So um, yeah. is that a little bit kind of adjusting from suddenly being, you know, behind on the television? Because I think we watch MasterChef and we see it as a kitchen and we see people cooking. But if you were like to yeah. take a step back behind that and you've got like the cameras and the build up and all yeah. the different interviews oh. you have to do and all that stuff. Yeah, like... Yeah, it's it's a bubble. You, you got to think that this whole the whole Master Chef is a massive bubble, and you're just in this like almost fake world where like you're just going from that kitchen that's just like it, you know on TV it's a perfect kitchen, but in real life there's like cameras everywhere. There's lighting, you know. It's it's um it's so foreign to someone who's just come from the trade site. So. Um, and then you're straight on the bus, straight to the apartment, back in the next morning. You know, it's like a, it's almost becomes, it's just this little bubble that we're kept in. Um, but yeah, you, everyone else sees this beautiful, awesome kitchen that we're cooking in. Like we're just loving life. And it's, but what we see is just this next level, like um, crazy thing. But yeah, so it's like, it's got a real big, real big shift. Right. And so what, um, yeah. how far in the process did you start to start to feel uncomfortable with it? Shall we say? Yeah, so um, like there's a few things that sort of happened um, to the build up 
and you know we we um, had to quarantine over here because uh, it's in a different state and we had a bit of a breakout with COVID and whatnot. Um, and for us, for me to go back home, I needed to do 14 days quarantine. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, just, it's kind of a pretty lonely place by yourself, quarantine for 14 days. Um, and then I had a passing in the family and my mum was very sick before I went in. Like um, she nearly, um, she nearly, did, well, she did die for like, three minutes and then um yeah it was it was right before i started so i didn't really deal with that very well you know us men sort of brush it off i don't even think i got really emotional about it i just sort of like oh yeah she's good now you know yep um and then my grandma passed away while i was in there but i couldn't get home because of covid um and yeah just brush that off again like you know just i got to keep going this opportunity is too big i can't let this opportunity slip um, this is going to change my life, you know. That's what I'm thinking in my head. And then I got caught out again in quarantine. We had a Christmas break and I'm coming back and got caught out again. Um, so I ended up missing a few days filming. Um, so now I'm stressing that I'm not going to get back in. They're not going to let me back in. Um, I'm going to have to do another 14 days. Um, and then we ended up doing some really big stints away from the family. And um, you just can't underestimate homesickness like um a lot of my mates are fly and fly out workers and i always sort of felt for them but now i really feel for them because i know what it's like now um like there was stints of seven weeks um without seeing little alfie and he's a two-year-old so his development and changing is at its peak like when i left he was saying two words when i come back he's almost a teenager for me basically like he holding you know serious conversations um so yeah it just a, it was a it was a it was a little like build up and then it started to snowball and by the end by like the three weeks to go i was like you know really starting to struggle with my anxiety um the pressure of the competition itself just heightens everything and just makes it that little bit worse than what you think it is um but yeah it just it was just a snowball and a gradual like it almost come to a point where it's going to bust. And that's when obviously like, you see me sort of put my hand up before I went out. There's so much um, really relatable stuff going on there, but it seems like it all is going on at the same time for you, Brent. And it's really interesting. You, you mentioned, you know, even if we start with the quarantines, because I kind of think in men's mental health as well, like a big thing is isolation, right? So you start get, getting yeah. older, you're seeing less of your friends. You have to be more focused on your family and your work and your life just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. And, but you know, we're human beings, right? We're designed to connect. We're designed to be part of a part of a tribe. So when you go into like, um, yeah, when you're locked in a hotel room or whatever for two for two weeks, because that's another yeah. thing that's that's crazy, right? I, I don't know, maybe like through work and stuff like that. I think, oh, I've got a got a day on my own today, away from the kids and stuff. And then kind of like by about four o'clock, you start thinking like, oh, yeah. bit bit bored on me, I'm a bit quiet, oh. you know. Yeah. Um, so to do like two yeah. weeks, that's that's intense, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 then I suppose I've whenever I watch Master Chef as well, I always think that. It, that looks high pressure any sort of cooking whenever i'm in a restaurant i kind of look around and think like oh it's like it's 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 hot in here but um yeah that that pressure of doing it live and in front of the judges and i suppose everything you you're doing on set is feels a little bit like you're being being judged constantly right as part of the process yeah. rather than just your food but the whole the whole process yeah yeah exactly right like you know you'd just be do, cutting something and jock would walk past and you're like you know he's a chef and he's been like in the highest restaurants 
you know, all the way around the world. He's looking at you cutting his onions. You're like, am I cutting his onions wrong? What? Like, oh. And then he's second guessing everything. And it's just constantly like that. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned anxiety before. And it's like once you kind of lose that confidence in yourself, it's almost impossible to get it back. And, you know, you can have someone tell you like your food's great or your work's great or your, your, whatever it is, is great. But once once that internal voice starts to look too deeply into everything, that's like, it's a slippery slope. It's hard to kind of continually pull yourself together all the time. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I never sort of really, um, you know, through my life, I've always been like I'm very fortunate and very privileged and um you know never really like sort of thought about it too much i sort of had this cruisy life and you know never really um struggled i don't think and never really knew like what what struggling was until like i never understood it i guess and to to go through it then i really like it's an eye-opener it's like this whole new world that i just never sort of knew you know like playing a lot of sports, I always knew like, oh, I've got to go get my knee checked up because it's just something's, something's not right. And I never thought that, you, you know, you everyone should really um, go and just, you know, check up on your mental health. And it's like such a taboo topic to say that for some weird reason. Like, I just don't get that because I, I don't think I had it. And then all of a sudden I got it now. And there's a lot of people talking about it now that I don't see it as a taboo. I just see it as like, yeah, it helped me. Like I needed it and I feel so good now that I've, you know, come through that, but I don't see like the taboo side of it, I guess. Cause yeah, I wasn't really sort of, you know, it's starting to be okay now for some weird reason. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose it's like when you compare it to physical health, we all know that, you know, we need to eat some vegetables. We need to do be active. We need to do all these things to maintain our, our physical health. But for some reason we don't approach mental health in the same way. We think it is two separate entities and we think of it as either people either suffer with their mental health or they don't. And you either fall into one category or 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 the other, you know. But uh, you know, we all have mental health, and we all it's about maintaining that mental health. And it's when you can't maintain the health of your mental state that's when it slides into the more you know exactly. more serious things, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So leaving the show must have been a massive decision. And I I think a lot about the pressure in life sometimes. Sometimes we get we get trapped in these places where you kind of feel like you can't go back and you can't go forward because obviously you're on the show and you're wanting to see it out. But then at yeah. the same time, you know that you're struggling. So to, I think a lot of us have found ourselves in those positions, whether it's with a job, whether it's with a relationship, whether it's any sort of situation where you just feel trapped in the middle. It's almost like the true definition of stress, right? Is where you feel like yeah. you can't, you're just trapped in, in one place. But to do it in that setting and, you know, with the television and stuff like that, that must have like just ramped that up loads. Um, did you make that decision in the moment or had you kind of decided building up to that, to that point that you were going to leave? Yeah, um, it was like it's a bit of both sort of thing. Um, it, I, I, I knew that feeling exactly what you just said. I was like, I can't go back. I can't go forward. I'm on this show that's just moving forward, um, and I just sort of felt like I was just scraping along um, and just putting a smile on my face each day, trying to just, you know, it might get better. It might get better. Just you know, and I and I was doing the things. You know, I was going to doctors, um, trying to sort sort myself out because it ended up sort of becoming physical symptoms. The stress became like um so what i did is um i started to get a really sharp pain in my stomach and i you know middle of the night panic attack i'm googling stomach pain and it's come up with um liver disease so now my brain just clawed onto that and i've got liver disease now and like 
now I'm like really struggling because it's physical symptoms. My brain thinks I'm dying and, and I'm in this stressful, you know, this stressful place. And none of it was true. Like it's, it was just my mind, like was just like, like a cat on water. It was just trying to claw onto anything that it could. And it just got to, uh, uh, it was that, that final cook, which was um, where I just like, look, it was actually, sh- it was shot over two days. Um, and the first day I cooked and then the second day I talked to the producers and I said, I need to, I need to go home and I need to sort myself out. Um, cause it's no use to anyone, me being here like this. And I'm worried. I'm like, I might just burst. Like I literally could just hit my point in my tether and just burst. Um, and we don't want to see that. So that was, we discussed on how I would go out and there was like, I could have cooked my way out. Or I could have just, you know, left and it would have been personal reasons. But I don't know, something inside me and my wife also really helped me along. But something inside me just said, you need to stand up here and you need to tell the truth and you need to let everyone know why. And I think you'll rest easier and it'll be a lot better for you if you let everyone know why you're, why you're leaving. So I, I, I don't know why I thought that, but it just, it just happened to just, it just happened that way. And so, yeah. The minute I, you know, put my hand up and I tell everyone um, and Jock and me talk is the minute I just go, oh, okay, all right, now I can just like, I'm just sort of relaxing a bit. I'm, I'm like the stress is just like instead of getting bigger now, it's just sort of, okay, I can deal with this now. Like people know why I'm, how I'm feeling and people know that why I'm got, why I'm leaving is, you know, um, and I'm not, a, and like, there was no shame about it at all. Like I was like legit, like, you know, I was just like, this is what's wrong. I need to get help. Um, and then I've got like the whole, the whole room was like, it was wet from tears. Like you had like, um, cameramen, like 50 year old cameramen, just like breaking down. Like it was like a legit, like moment on TV that was just like, you couldn't script it. Like it was just so like raw and honest and um, now looking and watching it back, like obviously there I had like tunnel vision. I just like, I didn't see much, but watching it back, I was just like, wow, I can't believe that that sort of happened. Yeah. I kind of almost like a, an out of body experience, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I didn't really see that. I just sort of seen my two eyes. I almost had blinkers on because I was just like, like, I just need it. I need, like, I had to put my hand up and I, like, my hand wouldn't go up for a bit. I remember that. And then all of a sudden I just go, like, up. And then it just went, word, like, word vomit come out. Um, I sort of forgot that I was on TV. Like, that was gone. That wasn't, I wasn't worried about that because I was, like, so, so, like, stressed out that I didn't even care about the cameras anymore. I didn't even know they were there. Um, yeah. It, it is a, a really, really, um, a really powerful moment. And um, yeah, again, there's a lot, there's a lot there. It's really interesting. You mentioned that, you know, every day trying to kind of like convince yourself that it's going to, that it's going to change and things are going to be different. And it, there's a saying that I love, and um, I, I don't know who it's credited to. It's certainly not one of mine, but you know, you can't heal in the environment that's making you sick. Right. And I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's like it, the environmental factors, the stuff around us in mental health is um that's that's huge and yeah. you know we kind of 
try and convince themselves that things will be all right. But then what you're talking about there is to like find different ways to keep going with it. That's the definition of this, this man up, keep carry on culture where we bottle these, yeah. these things in. Right. So I think, um, yeah, to, to make that decision to, to stand up, that's what we're all talking about with mental health. That's what we're all yeah. saying. This is, this is what we need to do. But as part of that conversation, we don't always talk about how hard that is to do Brent, you know, like we're yeah. all saying, let's talk, but it ain't easy, mate. Is it? It's really not easy to put your hand up. No. No, it's not. It's it's like for some reason I didn't have the like too many thoughts of like what would happen. Like you know, would people talk about it? Would people think different of me? I think I was like pretty much too far gone to even think about that sort of stuff. Um, but then like when I when I when I said it and and you know obviously the shows were pre-recorded obviously. Um, and I got back home and then someone asked me, are you worried about how everyone's going to think? And I'm like, and after going to my psychologist and talking to her several, like lots of times and sort of, we talked, we talked it out. I was just like, you know what? I'm not worried because all I care about is like my central people and what they think of me, because that's at the end of the day, I know that's who are always going to be around me. And I knew that they would be proud of me. And I knew that that was the right decision with them as well. So I didn't, I don't really, like I was just sort of wanted to put my blinkers on and just keep my central unit people, like my family, my friends, and all I care about is what they think about me. And I knew that would be backing me through this, so I was using that as my sort of my centering point. And it didn't matter anyway because the people that reached out, the amount of people, just absolutely blew my mind. Like the comments and the messages from all over the world. Um, like they're still going now that my inbox is still at 99 plus it doesn't go up you know, on Instagram any higher than that and it's been like that since the episode aired in Australia so that was like four weeks ago so it is absolutely like gives me goosebumps thinking about how many people have you know taken their time to reach out to me and just like some of them are telling me stories of how they're feeling and you know how it's inspired them to tell them their wife or tell their boyfriend or um a wife reached out and she said you know i was sitting next to my husband haven't seen him cry in 12 years and he was bawling his eyes out um you know all those little things and it's just like it's just crazy like i just never thought that i would ever have an impact on this many people in the world you know you just don't think that and um at the moment of me just thinking like i've got to put myself first and help myself that moment how it's helped so many other people is just like yeah, I just constantly get goosebumps from it. Yeah, yeah, that's incredibly. And it is, like I say, I think I've said this already, but it's such a powerful moment. But in mental health, um, relatability is huge, right? Because yeah. you tend to think, oh, it's just happening to me. No one will understand what I'm what I'm going through. I don't understand what I'm going through. So how yeah. how could anyone else? And you know, the there is a certain element. Um, you know, I think when you stand up there as like a really relatable person and someone from the, with the trades background as well, which is probably an yeah. area where people, um, you know, aren't talking about these things, but, um, Australian men are quite like, like blokey, right? There's your beers and barbecues yeah. and surfing and, you know, I'm not, I'm generalizing oh, yeah. the whole country there. I know that's ridiculous. Well, yeah. You know, well, generally, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> but there is, you know, that's, that's, there is that sort of culture in Australia, isn't there of like blokey blokes yes. and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. but to think that, people aren't struggling with the same things as you is, is is naive isn't it so when someone that 
I always think when someone who looks like me speaks, that's the stuff that made me want to speak about my own journey. And I think, you know, for yourself, there's there's all those all those tradies out there, all those people that are just looking and thinking, wow, that could be that could be me. That could be my husband. That could be my brother, all these things. And yeah. I think that's yeah. where the power comes from it, Brent, you know? Yeah, 100. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Like, you know, you just I was the last person on that show that you would think would, you know, need to get out and get help. And would be the last person to say something like that. I, you know, just just by the looks, you know, it's beard, like tradie, pretty cruisy life, you know, and it's um, it just goes to show that everyone everyone can struggle and everyone struggles. Like it it is like you don't go through this life without having some sort of struggle. Um, it's just the life we've you know created and with the work and stress and you know relationships and just everything. So. It's it. It was. I guess I can see why people then go, oh, you know, if he's struggling, then you know, I might check out. I might check in if my husband, or I might check in if my mate, because he looks just like him, and you know, um, and then you just like also on saying that, like the episodes before looked like I was still pretty happy and still, you know, so it goes to show that you can just still like you know turn it and just. Just because they're the happiest person in the room doesn't mean when they go home they're not crying, you know, um, or anything like that. So, yeah, the biggest thing is you just got to you just you got to just talk. You got to like talk to people, um, and and just also like ask 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 you like over here it's really like we go to the pub us fellas generally speaking again, um, and we'll sit there and just talk but talk about just nothing to do with like, you know, how we're feeling or anything or what's going on at home. It's like, I don't know how you can talk for so long without talking about that stuff. Um, and, you know, um, it's all changed for me now. Obviously when I go there, it's always like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll just want to check in if the boys first, uh, make sure everything's good, you know, um, and they're getting like, because it's like a domino effect. Like now I'm, I'm sort of opened up and I can talk. All of a sudden they start to open up and they start to talk and, you know, they'll start to like check in just because it's just one person, you know, does it. And it's like just a domino effect through all the mates. Um, so, yeah, like we still do all the same thing and same, talk about the same stuff, but I'll just make sure that when I first get there, you know, or when I first catch up, just like, you're doing all right, mate. You, everything's sweet. Like, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, everything's good. Or... Yeah, um, oh, I'm struggling a little bit, but there might not be the moment to talk about it anyway, you know? So it's just like, it's just, we just got to like, we always like, yeah, we just got to help each other out. It's just all about like helping each other out. It's what it is. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a lovely, a lovely world where it's just okay to, you know, it's well received when you check in on people and it's okay to just be able to say, do you know what? Things aren't, aren't great because we're also really encouraged to speak up when the wheels come off, like, so, like yeah. we're all saying, oh, when life gets tough, when you're going through something, speak up. But if we could start speaking up before we get to that point, you know, then yeah, then it's going to make a, going to make a difference. And how's it been for you, mate? Because you're kind of now like really associated with mental health. You're, you're clearly very comfortable talking about it and stuff like that, but you're almost a, an accidental advocate, right? So during the the show all you want to do is just get home and sort yourself out but now you've got really you've got an overflowing inbox that's quite a big a big step how do you um how have you balanced that how have you dealt with that man yeah 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 so yeah i'm somehow like the the accidental face of mental health 
uh, especially in men in for Australia. Um, but like, yeah, it's just, it's like, obviously like when I got home, I just had to get help. I went to my doctors um, and then we, we have a thing over here where we go to the doctors uh, and we can get on a mental health plan. Um, and I think it's like 10 visits that are like rebated, like pretty good. Um, so it's a really good sort of system to sort of help help people get through and people who can't afford it, you know, it's sort of really, really you know, subsided pretty good. Um, so I just got into there and I just sort of, I just, as soon as I got in there and I just, you know, probably my third or fourth session, I was just like, okay, I didn't knew anything about this. I didn't know like this even existed like this. Um, and, you know, the toolbox actually gave me that I could just, you know, like if I started to feel a bit funny, sort of, you know, things I could do. And then like, I guess, cause I, I went through it at the absolute, like in front of millions of people, like you can't get any higher. Like you, you, I, I struggled in front of millions of people that it just was like when I crashed and then I healed, I was like, you know what? Everyone's seeing me at my worst. Like I, I'm so comfortable now to just openly talk about everything. So that's why I made it like my little mission that I was going to tell my whole story and how I felt in the hope that, you know, someone might be like, oh, God, I feel the same thing too, you know, or I kind of feel that too, you know. Um, so now I'm just I'm just so comfortable with it. And I guess I've, I can see it at both ways now. I can see how before when I wasn't and I was like, oh, brush it off, you'll be right, move on. And now I'm on the other side of the fence looking at it. I've got that, you know, I can see what, what you know people are thinking and i can see like from the other side when you've gotten help or you've talked about it how much better you feel so it's um it's kind of a good place to be and um you know i never i never like act as a therapist or anything like that i'm always like you know you you go you, your first i think your first thing you can do is like talk to someone you love because if you can't talk to them then i don't like talking to a stranger is going to be pretty hard um and then after that just you know, go see a doctor, go see a psychologist because I used to think it was like woo-woo with your, you know, psychologist, but now going to one, I'm like, that's so good. Everyone should go to it. It's like you go to, you go to your um, physio because you just got a bit of a sore knee and you, and you almost prance around and tell everyone, oh, i got a sore knee. I'm going to physio tonight. But as soon as it goes to the brain and the mind and you're like, no one wants to talk about it. It's just, I find it quite odd. Yeah, it's so so true. There's all these connotations. I think a lot of that comes from Hollywood, right? We've all seen these movies yeah. where it's a uh, like really intense and Freudian and people getting inside your head. But it turns out yeah. like everyone like we all think in the same ways. We're not that different, you know? And no. like that is one thing that I'm I'm learning from the podcast and I'm trying to show people via this podcast is that you know, different walks of life doesn't matter what your job is it doesn't matter what your situation is it doesn't matter where you come from where you're going any of that stuff underneath if you're a, a human being then we've all got that all that um, connection you know and we can all use this similar similar things yeah yeah, yeah. um it's really interesting that um that you mentioned your, your toolbox there as well that you um because i kind of feel sometimes with my own situation you know i've been through um been through my own stuff and come out, come out the other side and it's stuff, you know, probably I'm sure still same as yourself that we have to keep an eye on, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But I found these, these tools that I gained through trying to recover and get myself well and now serving me so much better. It's like, I feel yeah. better at life through going through what I've, what I've been through. Is that, is that similar? Yeah. 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 Very, yeah. Very much the same. Like 
the person I was like four months ago, five months ago to the person I am now is just like crazily different people. And I live life like so, so, so different. Like I'm in my work, work clothes right now because I've just been um, working on this bus that we bought um, and we're traveling around Australia and um, at the end of the year. And it was just like, it's just so happened that it took this thing to like sort of just change everything for me. Once I sort of, you know, um, went and seen someone healed, you know, um, got sort of over the whole situation. Whereas I'm like, um, well, it's sort of like I explained this to, to my wife and I said, I almost thought I was dying. Like my brain told me I had liver disease, right? So I thought I was dying. Um, you know, I partied heaps when I was a young fella. I thought I drank too much. Now I'm now I'm suffering. That's what my brain was tricking me into thinking. And I almost had like, you know, the regret of the dying. So I almost I had that, right? And I'm like, oh man, I've been doing life all wrong. Like I just wish I could get home and you know and live live an adventurous life of, and you know, and I thought all this stuff. And then I got home and went to the psych, uh, you know, I went and see my um, therapist, the doctor, and I'm not dying no more. I'm, I'm actually not dying of liver disease, but I'm like, hang on a minute. I want to think like how I was thinking before with how, you know, the regret, I don't want to lose that. So once I started to feel good and I sort of started doing all the things that made me feel good, I bought a bus. I just like, we're traveling around Australia. We've always said we're going to do it. We're doing it now. Like, you just don't know what's going to happen like from this moment so yeah it's just like it took it took such this this event to sort of change me and the person that come out the other side um probably a lot like yourself is just you know such a stronger more open-minded person and um you know doesn't mean i want like you want everyone to go through something um but it's just yeah I like my toolbox is so simple. It's like I've got um, these these beads that Jock gave me on the show, and they, and they're really like when it's really bad, they're really good. Like I just flick them, and it's sort of just my mind starts to think about the beads, and I'm just counting the beads, and it sort of just calms calms me down a lot. Um, but I think the biggest one for me is just to like detach the thought, and it just like I'm like, oh god, I'm not gonna be able to get this bus done in time, and we're not gonna you know be able to go, or and I'm like. Wait, 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 wait. It's why can't you get it done? Like, it's just a thought. You can get it done. You just think, you know, it's like if you do it all the time, you're like, oh, about work, you know, they're probably talking about me or they're, they, you know, I didn't do this right. And it's just, it's always just a thought or a feeling. And if you can just detach from that and, you know, just, you just accept it and just know it's just a thought. And it, I'm just thinking it like, and you can do it really early then, you know, that's the best one for me. That's the best thing that sort of helps me really quickly get on top of something that's just not sitting right with me um, before it starts to really manifest and get all ugly. Mm. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think that having that learning how to be, have that inner self-awareness is so, so powerful to spot these things coming and spot how you're yeah. behaving. And because really like, they're like, None of it matters, you know, whether your bus is ready on time or it's not yeah, on time. No, it it'll doesn't. be ready. It'll be ready. It doesn't. It doesn't it's matter. Just, it's just a thing. It's yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> but yeah. in here it does, you know, in here it's like, oh, but if it's not ready in time, you're not going to be able to, you know, this or that or that. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, who cares if it's not ready in time? Like, it's the world's not going to end. It's it's all good. I'll get it done. Um, yeah. So it's really like, 
And that happens to everyone day to day with work, you know, deadlines, relationships, um, you know, the, the list goes on with how, how stressful this world can be. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just like, you've just got to think it's a thought or it's a feeling and that's all it is. It's nothing else. Yeah. It's about like learning to navigate this world that we live in. Right. And finding different, yeah. yeah, Different ways of finding our, our way through it. Yeah. I really wanted to ask about, um, about your family as well, Brent, because obviously that they're like really, um, you know, you're a family man. That's a huge, huge part of your life. And I think another really important conversation is how, when we go through something, how that affects the other people you know yeah so like that must have been really challenging for your for your wife did could, did yeah. she know that you were struggling during the show and stuff like that did, had you communicated that to her yeah so um yeah she knew everything um basically by the by sort of you know getting towards the end of it i was needing her i was needing to facetime her every night just to sort of you know she'd just be watching tv on facetime and i just need to know that she's there to slowly sort of drift off so I was leaning on her massively and she was saying, you know, there was afternoons where I'd just make it back to the hotel room and just burst into tears. I didn't know why. I would just cry so hard and she would like, you know, calm me down. And I just, I didn't know why I was just like breaking down, but she stayed so strong and sort of got me like, she just like put on this, you know, this like protective armor and just stayed strong the whole way. And then funny enough, sort of, about two months later, after I sort of sorted myself out and, you know, back on track and doing all the good things, she sort of had a bit of a hiccup. I think it was sort of like a, um, okay, now he's all safe. Okay, I've got to let mine, you know, I've, I've held together. You know, she's seen me like at my weakest point, like, you know, break down, like, um, and it just, you know, that, to see your loved one like that, it probably sucked pretty bad. And um, to have to like sort of hold it in to be strong for them. Um, so she sort of had her little hiccup a couple of months later, but we were, straight, you know, she was straight on it and um, we knew that what it was and why she was feeling like that. And yeah, we're good as gold and um, got, got a lot of things, a lot of things in, you know, the, you know, 2001, 2002 calendar. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely, man. And I, I think it's, it, it's, it is important that one of the most, um, the, the episodes of this podcast that I've had some of the biggest feedback, the most messages, the most emails is one I did with, with my wife. And um, yeah. I, I did an episode that was all about me. And then I did a follow-up and we looked at the same story, but from, from Kim's point of view, you know, and people really, yeah. really um, connected, connected to that. But one thing I found was by having to be that vulnerable in front of her, um, it, again it's a bit like that toolbox when you come out the other side it, it, it kind of deepens things you know it kind of gives you a yeah. it changes the relationship in a really lovely positive way and i've maybe yeah. you, you know you find you can say things can't you that maybe you wouldn't have said before and and stuff like that and i i, I always like to mention that as well because uh, particularly as men um we want to we try and hide that from our partners you don't want to show your wife that that you're weak you know but i think there's yeah. a massive positive in, in doing that right into into showing, yeah. showing your true self yeah, yeah. Like I said before, you know, um, whenever you're in that uncomfortable place, that's when you're going to grow after that. So, you know, even if that uncomfortable spot is that you're, you're being weak in front of your partner, where you're supposed to be the strong person, you know, that's what you're always, you're supposed to protect your wife, you're supposed to be the strong one. But you being the sort of, you know, breaking down and her having to be that strong one, it just, it changes something after that. And 
no, it's it, you definitely grow together a lot stronger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's nice. It's really, really nice. My wife um, used to say about me when I was in it that I'd have a look, you know, that they'd, and I know, I know what she means by that. I know about that look. And yeah. that's, I saw that look in you when I saw that clip on MasterChef. I know what she's talking about. I know that, um, you know, that, that, that yeah. thing you can, do you feel like you can kind of almost, um, kind of sense stuff in people you know can you look at people now and kind of think like i think they're going through something or you know i wonder if they're okay yeah yeah 100 percent. you can see that it's like it's almost a glaze isn't it it's like a like yeah i totally yeah i can i can and um but then you know what on the the flip coin on the flip side of that the the other side of the coin is the the one that's you know your mate that's always laughing and always joking and always that you know it could be him that's going home, driving home, crying, you know, just, you just never know. So you might see it and you might see some differences and some, you know, some little things that change in your, your mate or your family. But then again, you might not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose the more we can talk about it and raise that awareness and find that relatability, you know, sometimes yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd heard other people talking about things and cause it didn't relate to me. I was like, Oh, well, my situation must be different to this. You know, I just need to yeah. keep doing what I'm doing. And then, you know, hearing someone else speak and you think, Oh, hang on. No, that sign of sounds like me a little bit, you know, so the yeah. more people we can, we can have that, that conversation. Yeah. yeah. So what's, um, what's the plan with the, with the bus, mate? Are you, um, are yeah. you going away long-term or what's, what's yeah. that? Yeah, so um, we're just like, um, you know, COVID and, you know, we we live in the, the Australia. Like, Australia is probably one of the best countries in the world to travel around. Like, we've got just, you know, desert right to, like, you know, rainforest and mountains and snow. Like, it's just, like, totally different. So I was just like, you know what, let's just do it now. I know everyone wants to, like, build, like, their wealth and retire when they're old and then travel. But I'm like, for some weird reason, um, I see it differently. And I'm like, I want to do it now when I'm like fit and I'm like, can run up that mountain with a uh, little Elfie or I could, you know, swim or surf every point there is around Australia. I can't do that when I'm 60. Who knows? Like I could be crippled with like uh, whatever. Um, so I'm like, let's do it now. So I bought the bus and I've just been like ripping into it, making it like so. I've got some this massive list list of things from Sean, my wife, that it's got to have in it um, before she can sort of live in it. Um, so I'm trying to get all them sorted. Uh, hot water, which is of course a must, but a king size bed. She wants a king size bed, and I'm like, geez, you're getting like picky now. Um, but yeah, I'm just and I'm loving it. Like I was actually working on it today, and I was like, I was doing a bit of bit of the the, the crappy work and you know um and i was like because i'm there by myself and i've just got all my thoughts going and i'm just just cutting away and i'm like you, you got this is like life this bus build is like life you gotta enjoy the process i know there's an end goal and that's to jump in it and you know cruise off around australia but i'm like this this i've got to enjoy this now like the build this is like the process the journey so i was like you know in life we could be like a bit like that like oh just when I get this new job, then it'll be all good. But what's this like void in the middle going up to it? Is that just nothing, you know? So um, it was like, it's kind of like teaching me some little life lessons, this bus and build. 
yeah that's fantastic i mean that's a lovely metaphor for life right yeah, yeah. i love that yeah. that's, that's that's brilliant and um yeah the, the other thing just before we wrap up i'm conscious of your time brent but um yeah what where where are we at with cooking what's the what's the the plan there yeah so um i'm just at the moment i'm just cooking as much as i can um there's a few little i'm talking with a few little brands to sort of um keep going there but besides that i'm just going to um build a youtube channel um my instagram and when i travel in australia just cook the whole way around and you know use all the local produce um we've got some amazing produce over here uh some amazing seafood and um yeah just by then hopefully you know have a few followers and I can really produce some because at the moment my content she's pretty rough editing skills like I was just welding out you know trucks and now I'm trying to edit on computers a little bit of difference so um hopefully by then you know the the editing's gotten a lot better and you know I'm, I, I, I hope to have you know really good quality videos out by then when we're traveling around yeah that, that's such a cool idea right and I, one thing i think um just to quickly dip back into mental health as well though i think for for me i found that again as i journey through life i kind of lost a lot of um creative outlets and yeah. you know and to find a way to bring that something you're passionate about and something to to bring back in that's really good but then yeah. also when you a lot of people do that and then they think oh i'm going to turn that into my into my job and then it almost takes something away from it again you know when your passion becomes your work yeah. you almost go full full circle and you think just because i'm doing yeah. something I, I love doing you can still be unhappy doing it so to be able to find it in in that way mate to be able to just like travel around and and put it all together yeah. I, I love that that's um i'll yeah i'll be i'll be watching for sure brent that sounds wicked yeah. man. that sounds yeah. really really cool yeah i think like what you just said was like really good because like i've always thought about should i go work in a restaurant and I'm like, I think if the minute I start doing that and it becomes like like my job almost, I'm worried that I'd lose the, the you know, the passion and love for it. Um, because like my cooking is like I not so much just the cooking, I love what comes with that cooking. And that, you know, it's almost an experience. And like you have your friends or your family. I, I love to watch people's face when they eat my food. Like, um, you know, I love that bit of it and what it brings. So I'm like. You know, if you're in a, you know, kitchen at the back and you're cooking, I lose all that. So I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to go that way. I think I'm going to just going to keep going here and just like, just keep producing, you know, fun stuff and great dishes and just, you know, see what comes of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that brings that the more we can do to keep in line in alignment with our like our authentic self if you can work out what that what that is for you what's going to bring you peace how it's going to allow you to express yourself then um if we can live more aligned with that then with that we've got much more chance of, of staying healthy right and and skipping exactly those bad right. days yeah yeah super yeah. brent that's been brilliant mate thank you so much for your time i really really appreciate it we did have a couple of lags here and there man but i think we negotiated yeah. that that pretty well i'll chop them in the edit it'll come out fine yeah. But um, yeah. I really, really appreciate your time, man. And um, yeah, just it's fan fantastic. I kind of read about you on one of our on our websites. I don't think the series that you're on has been on in the UK yet. But um, people, are, I'm sure they've yeah. seen the clips and stuff like that. And you've been in some of our newspapers and thing, things like that. Um, oh yeah, so, right. yeah. But yeah, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's a really, really like powerful, powerful story. And I thought, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's a really important com conversation to, um, yeah, to have. So I really appreciate you sharing it. I really appreciate your honesty, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah.
Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, what like I've been on a few podcasts now. You know, mental health ones, and what what you guys are doing uh, to sort of spread the you know awareness and make it sort of you know um, relatable for people is is awesome. And you know, the more people like you um, that are doing it, it's just going to help so much more. Oh, thank you, mate. I think like we kind of when we go through things, when you get out the other side, and you kind of realize that things can be okay nearly everyone yeah. I speak to has this this itch this desire to kind of in some way give something back in some way contribute yeah. because if you can you yeah. should right that's kind of how, yeah. how it exactly works. right yeah. exactly so, right yeah. oh. Brent it's been an absolute pleasure mate thank you very much for your time I appreciate it and good luck with the, with the bucks and whatever comes next mate great to meet thank you thank you you too catch you mate proper mental podcast please like and subscribe the space time